0: Hey everyone, Justin here with HuntLink by ServiceSide. I am joined on the mic after this awesome Memorial Day weekend uh, with Jake Ramza. He's Landowner Success Manager for Land Trust Hunting. What's going on, Jake?
1: Not a whole lot. Doing good. How are you
0: doing? I am doing good, man. Refresh, nice, long fishing weekend weather was nice didn't rain a lot so I, I definitely can't complain i'd rather still be out there on the river but you know the world keeps turning so yes sir um so we are joined by jake following an episode we had just recently done with nick um the ceo of land trust for those of you who don't know what land trust is The best perspective I can put in it just from my point of view is the Airbnb of hunting. That's a good way to kind of get you a visualization of what it is. But obviously, um, it does have its differences and things like that. But um, if you haven't checked out that episode, definitely check it out. We'll throw it in the show notes here. Um, But this is going to pretty much be uh, segueing off of that. Um, We want to kind of get to know Jake here, um, let y'all get to know Jake, and we want to let everyone understand a little bit more about what this position is um, and how it helps with the success of Land Trust and, you know, all of its customers. So, Jake, let's start out with a little icebreaker here. How'd you uh, get into hunting?
1: Uh, It's kind of something that's been a part of my life since I was a kid with my dad. I'm by no means a a farmer or rancher, but I mean, it was in my family. My grandpa ranched up in Montana and then we ended up here. But my dad, Was big into pheasant hunting, turkey hunting, stuff like that. And then I'm out in the country in Nebraska, and we've got about 100, 120 acres that it's kind of in the backyard that you take me back there, deer hunting, turkey hunting, and I kind of just ran with it and started traveling a little bit, and just kind of became a passion that I got addicted to.
0: Awesome, man. That's, I love hearing those, uh, each person's perspective because, you know, even though a lot of them are similar, they're just just so different. Um, And it's awesome to have those types of hunting role models too. You know, nothing passes down that tradition any better.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, Jake, let's talk a little bit about land trust. How did you, how'd you get linked up with this outfit here?
1: So it was, it was kind of just the look of a draw. I had a construction management gig lined up coming right out of college last year and I had a professor that I was pretty close with that he would kind of mentor me and he's a big entrepreneurial mindset and he had some connections with a guy that was connected with Nick and I went out, got a drink with this guy, talked with him a little bit and then he liked me enough, I guess, to intro me to Nick and Colton and I kind of ran with it from there and everything just fell into place and I essentially ended up landing my dream job.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. And you know what, that is something that we bring up for the listeners that listen to us often. Um, We always bring up, you know, when people say, how do I get into the hunting industry or how do I pursue my brand or goal or dream of, of being in the outdoor space? And it always revolves around the number one thing is networking, communication, and I wouldn't put it in the aspect of like it's who you know, but in the in essence, it, it kind of is. Um, you know, I talk to people all the time that want to get in the hunting industry. They're like, "How do I start?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, join our club or another club similar." Just because you know, most of the time, the people that are are filling these positions or getting into uh, newer positions or things like that or replacing someone, whatever, it's it's all about that networking, that word of mouth, that um you know going to the bar having a drink or or getting some wings or whatever um and and i've created a ton of relationships that way and 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 most people that are in the industry also have so um that's awesome to hear because it's time and time again every episode we have it seems someone has met someone through the industry and that's kind of how they got there
1: yeah and and i'll say i got i got pretty lucky because i mean like i said i had another gig lined up and I guess I wasn't really even looking to try to get into the hunting industry. I mean, it was always a dream, but I mean, everything fell into place perfectly where I I got the opportunity and I jumped on
0: it. No, it's same, same here, man. I, I was not looking when uh, I got into the hunting industry. I had never even really fathomed it, you know? Um, So what exactly do you do for land trust? So essentially
1: I'm kind of our boots on the ground and, southern nebraska and southern iowa so i'm kind of the direct contact with our landowners so i go out meet with these landowners on their property and essentially get that face-to-face connection with them so they can put a face to land trust and i can tell them directly kind of what we are who we are what we stand for and kind of what things would look like if they partner with us and put their property on our website and a lot of it is going out to the bar getting a drink with them going to dinners or just sitting around their property and driving around on the side by side seeing what they have and listening to their stories and a lot of it's talking about what land trust does but a lot of it's building that relationship too i mean i've gone out to properties where i got connected with them over the phone we set up a visit i go out to their property and we spend three or four hours just chatting listening about their story how they got to where they got the property their family history and we don't end up talking about land trust at all. And then I follow up with another visit and then I go out there and then we actually talk about land trust. We answer any questions that they have, whether it's insurance wise or kind of prices that they can charge for hunts or recreational activities. And then we build their listing for them. So I fill out onboarding forms while I'm out on the property. So asking them all those questions about property rules, property boundaries, we map all of that out on Onyx We'll set up game cams to kind of help boost their properties and show sportsmen what's roaming around their property and i mean it's it's a really awesome experience to build these relationships with these landowners on these properties and it also gives me an opportunity to see their property firsthand and get pictures so we can verify these properties on our website so sportsmen know that somebody has been out to these properties and they are what they appear on the website i mean it's If a property doesn't have turkeys and the landowner wants to offer turkey hunting, that's where I can step in and say that might not be the most ethical thing to offer there. So let's not offer that because the sportsman is not going to come out here and see turkeys. So we set it up so when a sportsman books this property, they're going to have the opportunity to hunt whatever they're booking that property for.
0: Now, what kind of like area do you cover? So I'm
1: southern Nebraska and southern Iowa, so I, oh, sorry. I think drive back and that. forth between the two states and kind of cover that area.
0: Okay, so you guys are primarily, what are you getting most of, waterfowl, I guess, for that area?
1: A, a lot of waterfowl, a lot of deer hunting, and they, I mean, Nebraska's the hot spot for turkey, so tons and tons of turkey hunts.
0: Now, are they are they reaching out to you, or do you guys kind of have like... Um... Like uh, leads that come in or like, do you kind of just like meet people word of mouth is a little of everything or a
1: a little of everything. We get leads that come in through farm journal and then we might go set up a little table at a, a bomb guards in Nebraska or something like that and meet landowners as they walk into a bomb guards or if I have personal connections, I'll reach out to them and explain. And then a lot of referrals as well. I mean, if we get landowners that they see the opportunity and they start making money off of it i mean they're gonna share it with other landowners in the area i mean i had a landowner in southern nebraska that first time i talked to him he thought it was a load of bs he's like nobody's gonna come out here and (laughs) pay to shoot these turkeys he's like i hate these turkeys they're they're making a mess going through my bales and everything he wants them gone he's like well i'll give it a shot and sure enough he's Probably been one of our best landowners in Nebraska for turkey hunts. So he kind of referred a couple landowners as well, and then that area, a few properties popped up on the website. So a little bit of everything to get new leads and new landowners live on the website.
0: Awesome, and I mean, you create—I would essential being in that area. I mean, you create some pretty good relationships with with these landowners.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a couple landowners that I'll talk to for a couple hours every week. I mean. There's one landowner. It was kind of a funny story. I accidentally but dialed him at 11 o'clock one night and then he turned around and we had a good laugh about it. And then he calls me at 3:30 the next morning, and just says a little way to get back at me. And I happened to be up. So I answered the phone and he had a little shock there, but I mean, it's just awesome relationships that we build. And I mean, a lot of these landowners, they essentially become a friend. And I mean, they'll call me just to talk and we'll BS on the phone for a while. Cause they might be bored or just, want to chat and then I mean it's it's definitely an awesome experience
0: so let me ask you are you as far as I guess what would be one of the number one questions that a landowner usually presents to you when when you're trying to uh, get them on your I guess y'all's roster or with you guys
1: A, a big question we get is prices that they can charge that people are going to book. And there's a lot of leeway with what they want to charge. And at the end of the day, ultimately it's completely up to them what they want to charge. But a lot of that goes into me being out on the property and being if they want to offer turkey hunting, but they don't know what to charge. I mean, I've gone out to properties where I've seen two, 300 turkeys on the property. I'm like, all right, you definitely have turkeys and they're everywhere. So you can charge a little bit more because somebody's definitely going to see a turkey and have an amazing opportunity of getting one when they come out here. So they can charge a little bit more. And then there's a few properties I've been to where they have turkeys. There's signs of turkeys everywhere. I see a couple, but I know they're not going to be roosting on that property. But it's obvious that they travel through it every day. So price point that I kind of advise them is a little bit lower because they're not roosting on that property. So you never know exactly when they're going to be moving through as a hunter or whether they're going to be moving through the property that day. So pricing is definitely a big question that gets asked. And then I know Nick kind of touched on it in his podcast, but the insurance aspect of things, I mean, you can sue over anything these days. So a lot of landowners are, they're a little leery when it comes to the insurance side of things, but like Nick touched on, I know Nebraska, for example, the state kind of offers protection to landowners for offering outdoor recreational activities on their property. And we have signage, that we supply to these landowners with the verbiage that Nebraska requires you to have on the property as well. And that offers a lot of relief to these landowners when they hear about what we have for them and what Nebraska, for example, offers them as well to do this sort of thing on their property.
0: You know, and, and I've talked to some people that have mentioned, you know, Hey, you know, when we've, when I've had conversations with people on the, on the topic or or vice versa, um one thing that that is always brought up was hey, that's you know that's similar to a lease, but it sounds like I guess a real difference maker there is is you almost in in the position that you have the difference between it being just a lease uh where you go out a uh, farmer landowner, a rancher rents their property out to you for you know whatever and then and then that's it you know i've i don't personally i've never heard of a lease that has um kind of that almost middleman to keep that relationship going letting you know what kind of games on the property and and things like that and what the hunting's like. So um, I guess that kind of seems like to me, the huge difference in, in you guys in a lease.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then when I'm talking to landowners, I mean, talking with them, we try to avoid the word lease because I mean when you lease properties to one individual for a full season, essentially the landowner is signing away some of their property rights when they do a full season lease. And when talking with landowners, I mean, we talk on like a booking platform. So you're not signing away any of your property rights to one individual for the full year or for the full season. I mean, people are coming out and they're booking your property for two or three days and then they're on their way. So a big thing that we kind of emphasize towards the landowners, they remain in complete control of their property. They're setting all their property rules. They're still going along with their normal operations. We're not asking them, to change anything that they're doing on a day-to-day basis. And that definitely is something that they love to hear because a lot of them have tried the leasing deal to one individual or a group of individuals for a full year. And they run into problems with more people starting to show up on the property than the people that they directly leased it to. And then the people that they leased it to trying to get them to not be in the fields on certain days and situations like that. So they definitely like it when they hear that they're remaining in control They don't need to change anything. We're not charging them anything to put their property up on our platform either. So that's another thing that really is a driving factor in getting them to onboard their properties on the website.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, that would, that would sell me immediately. Uh, you know, I've, I personally don't own leases, um, or, or mess with them, but, um, I do know many that do. And, and, you know, I've even seen some to the point where the person that's leasing it is almost leasing it or, or renting it out to other people. It's just like a, like a, you know, a snowball effect there. But, um, I like that the landowners get to keep, or the property owners get to keep, um, their rights with that. And I'm sure that does attract a lot of them because, you know, we've seen especially when it's, uh, you know, duck or or goose or something. You know, seasons in or, or they're migrating through. Um, you know, it's it's really hard to, I guess, coordinate. You know what what needs to be done on the land at the same time as people hunting. So I can definitely see how toes would get stepped on and stuff. So I it's it's uh, it, it definitely makes sense here what you're saying. Um, yeah, absolutely. So Jake. As far as you know, one thing we had uh, we talked about is, is some of the things we always see about land trust, and and that was a huge reason why you know we had talked about it. And We're like, we got to get these guys on to get some some education going here and, and things like that. It's it almost baffles me that you know someone doesn't look at a and and this isn't obviously a bashing session. So I mean, I'm not saying Elisa's negative or a. a um, Or anything like that's negative, but it's almost like that. It's had to pick. I would, I would pick the land trust over lease. At being a landowner myself, that's what, that's how I would choose because of like you said, not giving away my rights, things like that, Um, and then also lots more opportunity. So, uh, would you say? I mean, do a lot of places that you guys get are they hunted frequently beforehand? Where they leases. Um, you know, do do you guys also get properties that maybe someone hadn't leased out or or let other people hunt on before?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a a mix of everything. I mean, we get some properties where the landowners heard about us. They don't hunt. They don't have family that hunt. Nobody's ever really been hunting on the property and they hear about an opportunity to make a little bit of extra money. And I go out there and meet with them, kind of explain everything and, and they're all for it. And then on the other side of things, we have some landowners that They hunt themselves, but they might only be deer hunters and they have turkey, waterfowl, dove, a a bunch of other opportunities on their property. And they're like, well, if I have no interest in hunting a turkey, why not let somebody else do it on the property? And that's kind of where the control thing comes in is some of our landowners, they only rifle hunt deer in Nebraska. So they'll block off the the two weekends of rifle hunting and they'll only offer archery hunting for other people to book on the property. So there's, there's a lot of leeway with what landowners can choose to offer. And I mean, they're not required to offer every hunting opportunity on their property if they don't want to.
0: And uh, you guys also do like fishing and camping and all that other stuff, right?
1: Yeah, anything outdoor recreationally that a landowner wants to offer, they can offer on their property. I mean, there's one landowner in Nebraska that his property kind of runs along a creek bottom and... he's found arrowheads and fossils and all sorts of stuff on his property so he offers that as an opportunity for people to come book the property enjoy some time in the river and look for arrowheads and sure enough somebody booked it and he couldn't believe that somebody booked his property to come out and look for arrowheads and stuff like that so there's really endless opportunities on what landowners can offer i know there's another landowner that has a bunch of rattlesnakes and stuff on his property and he was wanting to offer rattlesnake hunts so i mean there's really endless opportunities of what they can come up with to offer on their properties
0: yeah that's great when when you think outside the box with things like that that's very similar to our, our hunt link program you know in a sense people think oh you you trade a hunt for a hunt um but really that's not even a that's just the gosh the not even the tip of it um, you know, there's same same deal. You know, maybe someone has a bunch of mushrooms on their place, and they want someone to come out and do some mushroom hunting with them. Or, um, you know, snakes, or um, you know, anything like that. We have iguanas down here, so people do a lot of iguana hunting, hog hunting, all all types of things that you would almost never think of. You know, bird watching. I'm actually have permission at this really large uh, piece of land and the only other person that has permission besides me is a bird watcher Um, he goes out there and and does bird watching so definitely endless opportunities for sure it sounds like
1: yep yep
0: so what um are you i mean you guys are obviously how long have you guys already been around so far
1: i believe 2019 was when the website launched and from there we just seen growth and expanding to different areas and stuff like that
0: yeah you're, you guys are definitely expanding do you uh do you think your region is going to get bigger as far as what you're going to take on or do you primarily just going to hang out in that area that, that
1: that's hard to say i mean when i when i started i've i've been with the company for a little over a year now and i was just doing southern nebraska and then i kind of live close to omaha along the border there and i mean everybody wants to go into iowa to deer hunt but a lot of people don't have access to properties in iowa so i'm along the border so i was like i'll take on iowa as well just to open up those opportunities for turkey deer fishing stuff like that so i've kind of expanded out into iowa as well but i'm always open to going to new places and getting on the road i love it so there's no telling
0: (laughs) now i know you mentioned um you know, kind of like helping property owners almost like know what they have and, and kind of what they offer. Do you, do you guys do anything as far as like, um, like land management to maybe like, let's say for example, you're noticing a, a huge Turkey population. Um, are you guys putting in plots or do you guys kind of like assist in anything or is the, you know, the place is what it is?
1: Typically the place is what it is. And I've had a few landowners that they've, talked about putting in food plots and stuff like that we don't necessarily assist in doing any of that that and i'm not extremely educated on putting in food plots and stuff like that but i mean we can kind of advise them i mean if they want to do that they're more than welcome to do that and that's stuff that can be mentioned in their listing description that can definitely boost it and get more interest from hunters but they're not required to change add anything i mean tree stands stuff like that are something some things that a lot of landowners have interest in if if they want tree stands up i'll go out to their property and i'll put up tree stands for them and stuff like that so there's a bunch of different amenities that they'll ask about all the time and they're not required to have any of those but some landowners want them and if they do then i'm a helping hand to go out there and do whatever i need to do to make them happy and kind of optimize their listing as best as i can for them
0: now I was looking at looking at the website here. It looks like you guys have a really high, um, you know, success rate. Uh, you guys have a, a ton of views here. Um, as far as let's, I guess let's look at it like this. I know that we have to. And correct me if I'm wrong. So when when I book a listing, um, I find the property I want. I want a turkey hunt. I find a place that's within my range or whatever. I pick it. Um, I immediately start chatting with the landowner. Correct.
1: Yep. So when you when you send an inquiry, you're sending that inquiry directly to the landowner. You can ask them any questions about population density that they've been seeing this year, um, anything from lodging nearby, any question that you might have a landowner. You can directly start chatting with them through the website and ask them all those questions before even committing to booking that property.
0: And then they can they just reach out to you if, if they want to continue on or like let's say let's say for example we've got like 10 people that all sign up for the same property how does they how do they kind of weed that out
1: so if there's like 10 different sportsmen that are interested in booking a property the landowners on their side have a calendar where they can go in block off dates say you book a property for a three-day turkey hunt once you book that property those days are blocked out on the calendar so if somebody else wanted to book a turkey hunt they wouldn't be able to book those three days that you're out there. Cause when you book a property, you have exclusive access for those days. And if you had a group of 10 guys that wanted to go Turkey hunt and that landowner has like a maximum of four hunters, that's where you can send them an inquiry and be like, Hey, I have a group of 10, 10 of us that want to go Turkey hunt. Would that be okay? And then a landowner can send you a special offer if they're okay with that for the, the group of 10. So in that case, a group of 10 could go out there and, the property at one time if you're all together and the landowner was okay with that
0: now are you are you getting more of like one type of hunter like are you getting more like groups for like bachelor parties and and work trips and things like that or are you getting more like um you know son and and father or or just you know solo hunters or
1: quite quite a a wide range just from my experiences with the landowners in nebraska i mean there's one landowner that he's not the most tech savvy guy so i kind of help run his listing for him and i go out to his property all the time to chat with him and i mean i've had a group for a bachelor party that wanted to go on a a turkey hunt out there and it's a group of like six guys and the landowner has his maximum set to three but he's like yeah absolutely he's like "Bring them out there and he has father sons come out there just individual hunters just traveling through nebraska that want to stop for a couple days so i mean it's a, a wide variety of kind of the types and groups of hunters that we see coming through
0: What would you say is, you know, looking at it from your perspective of being a landowner success manager, you know, what would you say is uh, one of the main benefits of someone like choosing land trust over, you know, per se a lease or, or, or something like that?
1: I think it definitely gives you an opportunity to hunt different states a lot easier without having to jump on public property, which I hunt public property as well, and I have in other states. But when you go on to land trust, I might be going up to Montana for a couple of days. And if I go up to Montana, I can look at all these properties and get access for just three days and then have exclusive access, let alone on that property, and then be on my way. Or if I'm a huge turkey hunter and I'm looking to get turkeys in different states, I can kind of coordinate a bunch of different properties that, I know have turkeys and I know I'll be the only one out there so I can book all of these properties and basically make a road trip out of it and then be back home and not have to worry about fighting for an opportunity on public land if I, and not knowing what might be out there. And then it kind of just gives you that opportunity to have access to these properties in different states without having to find a season long lease in another state and then only be out there a couple times as well
0: right right no for sure i definitely see the the perks of it too with that grand slam you know especially getting your grand slam and stuff because Mm -hmm. especially you know someone you know for example you know i don't i don't get a ton of time off so um by contrary belief most of us in the hunting industry don't hunt a ton (laughs) so i uh i would want to maximize my time what is one of the biggest properties that you currently manage the
1: the nebraska properties aren't as as big as what you'd find up in montana we have some properties that are pretty large up there but in nebraska i think the biggest property that i kind of helped the landowner with is a few thousand acres but a lot of nebraska are, is divided up in quarters kind of where i'm at so it's 160 acres or they might be 320 acres so there's a wide variety and then i think we have a few properties that are smaller like 40 or 50 acres as well
0: awesome awesome what uh do you have a particular property as far as like you know like me for example like with hunt links um you know everyone gets full access i don't get any extra access over top of what anyone else gets um we, we do have it fair but are there you ever come across a property and you're like oh man i'm, I'm trying to get on this being like a hunter yourself
1: oh yeah absolutely I've, I've booked multiple properties for turkey hunting to go out there and i mean i end up going out to these properties turkey hunt and i probably spend more time talking with the landowner and helping them out with stuff than I do actually hunting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I hear that, man. It, it's definitely, it sounds like you got a, a good gig there of of creating relationships and, and, and really helping these landowners. It sounds like, you know, who doesn't want to bring in uh, a little bit of money? I've, I've seen the argument many times where people are like, oh, another money making thing I mean we get it too at the end of the day you know if if we were bazillionaires then we would easily I'm sure be able to offer something like this but unfortunately we live in a world where we all have bills too um, and Mm -hmm. things have to get paid so there has to be uh, fees and, and stuff like that but um it's definitely a great opportunity for people it sounds like you know want to do group trips or on the fly um, or just get into an area where they can have it to themselves um, and be and be private and secluded i love hunting public land um, but also i like to i like to do my own thing once in a while and, and not have to worry about 40 people walking down a trail i just walked down you know
1: yeah and it's it's definitely a rewarding experience even from a sportsman's side of things as well because a lot of these landowners. I mean, some of them are extremely hands-on with the whole process, and they become good friends with a lot of the sportsmen that come out there. So these sportsmen get, get to build the same relationships that I am on a daily basis with these landowners as well when they go out there. And we see a lot of repeat bookings because of that, because these landowners, they're going out and having beers and dinner with these sportsmen as well. And it's all around, it's just a really rewarding experience to spend time with these landowners, learn about their operation as well while you're out there hunting.
0: Yeah, for sure, you know, I I have seen that argument too of of uh, you know, the tradition if you would get in muddy, but it, it's it's it definitely sounds like it's it's just way more than a transactional type engagement of, okay, here's my property, here's my money. All right, we'll see you in 3 days. You know, it it definitely sounds like everybody's hands-on, relationships are built even before you book. It's not like you guys are letting just anyone book. This is a, a something that the landowner has to agree to
1: yep absolutely and these landowners, i mean they want to see their sportsmen be successful i mean they're they'll, they'll go out of their way to show you where they've seen turkeys or where they see deer hang out and i mean they'll they'll do everything that they can and a lot of landowners they get really disappointed when the sportsmen come out there and they don't end up harvesting anything so they want to see the sportsman be successful just as much as the sportsman
0: wants to shoot something for sure. Yeah. I mean, I definitely see that. It sounds like you guys have the right, the right people. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like the right people too are attracted to it. I mean, you know, obviously you want to cater to as many people as you can and you want every, I, I deal with it all the time. I want everyone to experience what service side's about, but at the end of the day, you know, all we can do is, is lead people to the water, you know, it's and, and kind of show them of, of, what it's about, you know, I encourage everyone to give it a shot. And you know what, if it's not for you, it's not for you. You gave it a shot, but, um, there's a lot of affordable hunts, fishing trips. I mean, I was looking at some that were, you know, what it would literally cost me to go somewhere else and do a DIY.
1: Yes, sir. Yeah. And like I said, at the end of the day, the landowner. I mean, they have complete control over what they want to charge. And we have a lot of landowners that, I mean, they'll put a deer hunt or a turkey hunt up super cheap because, They hate the deer mowing through their fields. They hate the destruction the turkeys cause, and they'll put a cheap hut up just to try to get the population down on their property.
0: Yeah, I I actually hunt a property in Maryland that's like that. The guy is literally like, (laughs) he's just, he's, I mean, he's so done. He's so done with the deer. They're just they they overpopulate. Yep. We we don't even take pictures. Obviously, it's legal. You know, we have we have uh, special permits and stuff we get, but um, we don't even take pictures of it just because of the context of of seeing you know fifty deer in the back of a pickup truck. Um, you know, and there's no context behind it, and I'm like sitting there like we didn't even put a dent. And it everyone fills up their freezers we'll go to habitat or i'm sorry to uh, hunters for the hungry or, or some other organizations but it's uh it's intense and the landowner every time i see him he's like mow them down he's like how many tags y'all <laughs> yeah. got he's like let me see him he's like i want you here you go to this stand because you got the most tags like he's pointing it out and he's like shoot everything shoot everything you can
1: <laughs> yeah and, and a lot of these landowners they don't want to decimate their population completely but i mean a lot of these properties i mean they are overpopulated especially with turkey i mean some of these nebraska properties i know turkey population is said to be down in nebraska but some of these private properties i mean it's it's flourishing and there's groups of two three hundred turkeys and i mean when you get a group of turkeys that big i mean the destruction adds up pretty quick
0: for sure. You know, I actually just thought of a question, man. And if you if you don't feel comfortable answering this, we can just say pass and we'll keep moving. But actually, I don't know if you had heard, but what is going on with the – isn't there a, something with out-of-state tags for Nebraska right now?
1: Yep. So in Nebraska this year, they kind of changed their regulations a little bit. So they maxed out the out-of-state tags at 10,000 tags. And then, I mean, in-state residents, we could still get get our tags without a limit. But I'm not completely educated, so I'm not going to say too much on the whole what's up with the turkey population. I think turkey population is definitely down on the public land in Nebraska because I know Nebraska is 97 or so percent private property. And a lot of those public places, they do see overhunting of turkey. So the population likely is hurting on those those spots, but there's a, I, I mean, noticeably just driving through Nebraska, it does look like the turkey population is down a little bit just from growing up here my whole life. I mean, you'd see turkeys everywhere, but a lot of these private pieces of land, I mean, they still have high population just from no hunting. And then, I mean, we've had some dry, dry year this past year. So I think that definitely had an effect on it. And then, I mean, coyotes are crazy out here as well so i'm sure that has some effect on it but i mean not all these properties are hurting like in certain areas in nebraska because like i said i'm seeing groups of two 300 turkeys on some of these
0: properties still right. yeah and i know it's so situational and you know that's one thing i've had many conversations with people and i'm like I just, it's never one size fits all. I mean, even, even in my state, you know, I talk to people that are like, you know, us having a particular bird that can't be found anywhere else in the world, you know, people are always like, oh, I bet you have a, a ton of hunters that come down. i like, oh yeah, I run into hunters from, gosh, everywhere from California to, to New York, you know, it's, it's in everything in between. Um, and our population's, primarily I think are great I've lived in Florida about 12 years now Um, I have like you mentioned I can go across the street to a property there'll be 200 turkeys there Um, I went to a property a couple days ago doing some predator hunting and I seen three different pole flocks within you know 100 yards of each other Um, you know so Sometimes the populations look great. I mean, we always have a saying here where you have a better chance of seeing a a turkey hit on the side of the road than you do a a deer. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a dead deer in South Florida. I only see them in North Florida um, or on the way to the glades because it's just a a lonely highway that goes there. But – you know, it I've I've s I've definitely seen populations booming, and I've been to other places where, you know, you would never hear a gobble, you would never see it, you know, if there is a turkey, it's only one. Um, you know, I've got cameras in some places where I've never even seen a turkey in that area. Um, and our limits are high. So we get four birds, they upped it. So obviously, you know, there's a there's a lot to play in different areas, but you know, I have heard stories of them saying it's kind of similar to you guys like hey it's only going to be for residents and and things like that we're going to lower the out-of-stater population uh people that can get tags but i was just curious i had somebody message me this weekend about it i didn't have time to look into it and and i was like well that's interesting
1: yeah and and the tag i mean the tags turned sold out relatively quick i think i mean there was a little bit of leeway time in there where you had a pretty good opportunity to get them but i mean and Nebraska is such a hot spot to go for turkeys because you can get your Eastern, your Merriam, your Rio. Right. And of course you got hybrids mixed in everywhere in there as well. But I mean, I, I think population is down. I would agree with that, but it's just kind of the area that you go to that there's definitely have been hit harder than others.
0: Well, it sounds like too, it's a, it's a good mix of everyone. Um, everything, you know, that's something I tell people all the time. One of uh, the properties that I hunt, we, we, Obviously, you know, I'm in my mid-thirties. I don't say, "Hey, I'm going out raccoon hunting," or "I'm going out armadillo hunting," or, you know, that's not something that I'm typically, typically, typically spending the day going to do. Um, and that's something we actually jumped up on the last couple of years was we made it a point to do more raccoon hunting because where we're at, raccoons come out during the day. Um, so you can put some bait down get some raccoons to come in things like that. Armadillos are the same way. Um, so, I mean, even hogs, hogs are nest predators. So pretty much everything's trying to decimate this turkey population. And then you have hunters. So it sounds like you guys have a little bit of everything. I noticed a huge jump when we made it a focus to like, Hey, we, we have to kill raccoons. We have to, to start doing this. We can't just have them coming at the camera every night and there'd be a party of 30, you know, like, yeah.
1: And and that's the the same idea with coyotes, especially here in
0: Nebraska. And
1: if you've never been on a coyote hunt, it's, I mean, it's a blast going oh, out yeah. there at night and even during the day and calling in a coyote and getting a group of them running in you. And if you have a thermal scope, that's just even more fun going out there at night with that.
0: Now, do you guys offer those types of hunts?
1: Yeah, we, I mean, a lot of landowners want to offer coyote hunts and they offer it pretty dang cheap just because they want the coyotes gone so bad just because of cattle as well. I mean, the, the coyotes will. I've talked to a few landowners this year that said the coyotes picked off a couple calves already. So they want the coyotes out there, out of there, just because of their operation more than anything.
0: Oh yeah, I mean it's the same here. I a lot of the places I have permission at, I started out by saying, "Hey, you know, I seen a monster coyote across your street the other day, and here's a photo of it." And they're like, "Oh, really?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, "I got calves coming here," and I'm like, "Well." I'd be more than happy to take one out, and then you kind of create that relationship and and go from there. But I, I would imagine that would be a a huge help for them, um, especially because a lot of people aren't versed in all types of hunting. You know, like I recently got into thermals and things like that, and I'm like, wow, this is so much better and different yeah. than back in the day with like the spotlight or the red light. You know.
1: Yeah, and, and something else that I think is kind of cool with the opportunity of coyote hunting is. I mean, a sportsman can book a coyote hunt on a property, and they can also scout that property out while they're out there coyote hunting for the upcoming deer season or turkey season as well. And I mean, that's something that I'd be all for is booking a property to go out on a coyote hunt, try to get on some dogs, and then kind of seeing the property and the layout as as well while you're out there.
0: For sure. No, for sure. It's definitely a lot of endless opportunities there. Um, which I'm really glad we got you on because I definitely have a, a better understanding of, of what this position entails um and kind of how it helps the landowners. Um I like that you guys establish that relationship with the landowner because you know it's, we just live in a time where so much is transactional. Um, and especially being in the hunting or the outdoor space, um, you know, the outdoors is about camaraderie and culture and, and community. So, um, you guys aren't just making it where it's, you know, here's a fee, talk to you later, you know, like a lease. And then, and then that's it. Um, you're continuing these relationships. And, and like you said, it sounds like even the, even the clients are, are, are creating good relationships with landowners.
1: Yeah, Absolutely.
0: Awesome. Well, Jake, that's all that I have of question wise. Do you have anything that you'd like to bring up or, or mention as far as your position there at Land Trust?
1: No, I feel I feel like we, we covered everything pretty good. And I mean, I think the biggest point to emphasize is just the relationships and the opportunities that you can create with booking properties through Land Trust and the opportunities for hunts, especially that you might not have been able to go on before and having that exclusive access while you're out there as well.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, to, to everyone listening to this, just, just think outside the box. Um, you know, I, you know, and I use myself as an example just because it's the only one that I have at the moment, but what, uh, you know, I got into waterfowl hunting, not too long ago, and instead of me going out, spending thousands of dollars on decoys, um, going to some random spot that I had no clue who was there, am I stepping on someone's toes, is this is this, you know, just I had no clue of really what I was getting into. Um, and yeah, you can watch YouTube videos and, and get on social media and stuff, but there's no better uh, way to learn than getting out there. And what I did was I pretty much booked a hunt and went to a spot and you're able to have that non-pressure type setting and, and you're able to really... Um, engage with what's going on in that area without having to worry about anything else. Like, is somebody going to come to this spot, you know, while I'm here? Um, Or do I'm going to get to that spot too late? Um, So it definitely sounds like it's a great opportunity for people that haven't done certain types of hunting to get out there in a non-pressured setting, have some help from someone that lives there, um, and then also you, um, someone that's created a good, strong relationship with that area.
1: Yeah, and I think that goes for, for youth hunts as well. I mean... We have a lot of sportsmen that book these properties so they can bring their kids out there and show them how to hunt and get that experience without pressure from any other hunters on public land or any situation like that. And it, it creates a good atmosphere for youth hunters to learn about hunting and being out there in the outdoors as
0: well. For sure. You know, I, I definitely like that. Um, I feel like taking a kid or, or a youth is already a challenge in itself. Um, so being able to have a spot to yourself where you can really teach and learn, you know, that's one thing my dad and grandpa always told me, like, when you take a kid hunting, you're you're doing more teaching than hunting. Uh, you know, that's always kind of almost extra if it happens yep. great, but most of the time. So this gives you a chance to do a little bit more of that hunting, um, on top of the teaching. So I, I do like that. It's a, it's definitely a crazy, even though it's not a new concept, which me and Nick were talking about this, you know, it's not like you guys reinvented the wheel here. Like it's, it's something that's been around, you know, with, with trespassing, uh, permits and, and all this other stuff, but you guys really just dialed it into a point of, you know, to help with that quality control and to help give more experiences and better opportunities. Plus, I mean, last time I looked, you guys had a really, really high success rate from everyone that's taken advantage of the program. So, you know, that speaks volume because at the end of the day, you know, were you know, actions are definitely always going to speak louder than words and for people to be getting out there and, and saying that they enjoy the experience goes a long way.
1: Yeah, Definitely.
0: So, Jake, where can uh, our listeners find you or find more information on how they can book with Land Trust?
1: So, go go into our website, landtrust.com. That's the best opportunity to kind of browse the properties. I mean, you don't have to create an account right away to see the properties or even talk with landowners. So, I think going to the website and exploring the properties, looking around. I mean, you can look at every single property on that, on the website and you can filter from what kind of hunts you might be interested in, whether it's deer, turkey, and then from there, you can talk with landowners if there's a property that you might be interested in
0: awesome awesome i'm i'm I was telling someone the other day I'm like it's it's uh it's like Facebook marketplace over here. I find myself sometimes scrolling through you know, for 2025, 2020, I didn't draw tags for uh, Florida this year for gators. So I immediately got on land trust and um, right there was a gator hunt in Louisiana. And what's crazy is it's actually cheaper than what it costs me to hunt here. Um, you know, with the opportunity that they, I guess the way their rules and regulations are, they're a lot mm-hmm. more lax than what we are here. So um, I'll be doing that. That way I don't miss out on a gator this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Well, uh, have fun in PA, man. Um, that's all that we have for today. Um, but I definitely appreciate you jumping on. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put in the show notes that if anyone has any questions pertaining to this or or would like us to ask Jake more, um, we can always reach out to him, get those uh, questions answered um, or possibly do a future uh, episode.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: Awesome, Jake. Well, I appreciate your time, man. And you guys are listening to Hunt Link by ServerSide.